Welcome back to Rockhound Radio. It is Friday, and we have a kind of a we're getting we're going to get back into the deep dives this week. And uh, just uh, before we get started, I just want to say thank you to everybody who has been supportive, been supporting, and you know listens in every week, and you know just everything because you guys are awesome. And if you guys follow the social platforms, Twitter, Facebook, I threw it up there. I actually had two days back-to-back where we had 100 plays, and I was ecstatic this morning at work when I, uh, I made, so I made a little list for myself of things I need to do and be better at for the show and for you guys, so, and one of those things included, like, posting every day, right? So I got on to do my daily post, and I saw that, and it's just, oh, man, it was so, so awesome. So we are officially over 1,000 plays, and we're, you know, we're past 100 episodes, so which is crazy to think about. Um, just crazy to think that we're already 100 episodes in. We're not even to a year yet. So it'll be really, really awesome for the anniversary of the show and everything to come up. And believe it or not, it's going to get here faster and quicker than we know it because time flies, man. But yeah, it's Friday. We got, I got, I got a couple of cool stories to share. I, uh, I wanted to get back into like the local history thing. I, I, I'm fascinated with things that go on, um, especially local to where I live and things like that, you know, things I've never heard of. Um, maybe even if it's not close to where you live, it's in the vicinity in your state. I mean, Ohio isn't, I mean, it's not small, but it's not massive. So, but it is interesting to read some of these stories that, you know, you may never heard of, but yeah, it should be, should get pretty interesting. But uh, one more thing before we start that, I don't think I've talked about it yet. I don't remember. But um, currently, well, I did post a video on TikTok and stuff, but yeah, a little behind the scenes. So that's on uh, Facebook and YouTube as well. A little behind the scenes for the streaming platform I use for recording gameplay. So go check that out. I'm working on a playthrough of Pokemon Heart Gold because I was like, I kind of got in a funk with like the gaming. Um, so I figured it'd be easy just to, easy to do some Pokemon, you know what I mean? And then we'll just kind of go from there. I'm kind of, I haven't been, well, I guess I'm awaiting to see what kind of other games I'm getting into on the PS5. I don't want to commit to anything and then, you know, not finish it. Plus, I'm still just enjoying playing it at this point instead of trying to, like, make myself sit down and be like, okay, I got to record this. But yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Like I said, thank you guys so much for listening. We're over a thousand plays and here's to the next thousand, right? I'm super pumped. So today we're talking about some things, some strange events that happened in Ohio. And this one, I can't, I don't remember ever talking about this. If I did, it had to have been several months, maybe like a month or two ago, but I don't think so. So the small town of Sabina, known as the Eden of Ohio, was once home to Eugene the Mummy, an unidentified man who became an unusual roadside attraction and was displayed in the town for more than 36 years. Which, uh, right off the bat, this one caught my eye. I don't, you know, you can only imagine why. But it says, in the late 1920s, an unknown man was found walking along just a road, or walking along a road just a few miles outside of Sabina. The body had no identification on it. Oh, I'm sorry, I skipped that part. It says, although he was rumored to be looking for work, he was found dead days later on the side of the road, supposedly from natural causes. Yeah, probably body snatcher got him or something crazy. It said the body had no identification on it, only a slip of paper with a Cincinnati address of... 1118 Yale Avenue, which led to nothing more than a vacant lot. 
He's either he he is either a time traveler or he, he got body snatched. It says although the body was never identified, the identif- the unidentified man became known as Eugene simply because a man named Eugene lived near the address on the slip of the paper that led to the vacant lot. <laughs> They're just like, hey, we'll just call you Eugene, I guess." It says he was taken to a local funeral home where he was embalmed and held for identification and identification that was never made for more than 36 years. Eugene rested on a couch in a small building behind the funeral home. When people got word of the strange display, they came in from all over to see Eugene. Locals frequently gave directions to out-of-towners passing through. Over the years, millions of people from all over the country came to Sabina and observed Eugene, yet no one recognized him. Time traveler, dude. That's That's how you settle that. He was finally buried after multiple disrespectful pranks were pulled on him. That's one thing you don't do, man. You don't mess with the dead. Locals even reported that one night some college students stole the body and placed him on a park bench on campus. It says, Today, Eugene rests in a grave in the town cemetery. The headstone reads, Eugene, found dead, 1928, buried, 1964. <laughs> man, what a what a roller coaster we just went on right there. Mind you, I read this a couple minutes before I started recording, and I was like, holy shit, man. This guy was just like a roadside attraction, but... I mean, to be real, the guy never got identified for several years, and, you know, one random guy, of course he's looking for work, he's probably from the, who knows, he's probably from the future, and was trying to warn all of us, and, you know, who knows, but, yeah, pretty crazy, how would it feel knowing that, uh, you know, well, I guess, I guess you wouldn't know how it would feel, but, yeah, it'd just be crazy that you're just some roadside attraction for all these people coming in and coming out, but the the whole messing with, like, the dead body, like, I understand, sort of, I guess I don't understand, but, like, I get that, you know, like, the attraction of it and things like that, because that's not something, like, you know, you you don't regularly see dead people on display, it's more of, like, a movie, or, you know, it's more of a cinematic take of things, not like, hey, that's an actual dead dude, so, like, I get the idea of the attraction, Um, I I guess, you know, him just hanging out wouldn't necessarily be disrespectful to that person, I don't think. But, like, the the pranks and shit, like, you know, like, I'm even leery. Um, like, if you, so not that I actively walk through cemeteries, but there is some public ground that we mushroom hunt, and it is butted up next to a cemetery. And you always have to remember, you don't ever want to walk near the headstone. You always want to walk across their feet. And, yeah, so it's just, I don't know, it's just, like, little things like that. And just, like, the thought of, Messing with something, like I said, you never mess, never mess with something dead, man. It's just bad wooju. But yeah, that's uh, pretty crazy. Small town, uh, yeah, bizarre. I guess ninety years ago, it's kind of insane to think about. But yeah, took it thirty six years to bury him. All right, this is the most terrifying ghost story to ever come out of Ohio. Is truly chilling. That's like every every story ever. It says, have you ever heard? If you've Yeah, if you've ever heard of Gore Orphanage Road and rumors of an actual orphanage in the area of Vermilion, Ohio, you're not alone, which I hadn't. So they got like a like an area pulled up on like a on a map, and it says the let's see, the popular urban legend is based on an orphanage that once existed in the area called Light of Hope Orphanage, which closed its doors in the early 1900s. Details of the legend vary, and the facts themselves are unclear. However, strange noises, ghost sightings in the area leave room for speculation about what actually happened along Gore Orphanage Road. The popular version of this chilling tale goes like this. 
the legend starts and ends with Gore Orphanage Road. According to Weird Ohio, there was once an orphan. And yeah, we already re- I hate how they do that. It's, sorry. It says, supposedly a mysterious fire burned down the orphanage. And the old man Gore lost his license to run an orphanage. So a new orphanage yeah, orphanage was never built. Many speculate that the old... Or that an angry old man who lived in the surrounding woods started the fire because he hated the noise of children. It is unclear if a fire is what closed the orphanage or not, though. It says... The legend has it, just like the orphanage, the nearby Swift Mansion was mysteriously burned down. Today, remnants of the Mansion Foundation are still rumored to be there. And it shows a picture. It says, pictured is what supposedly the driveway marker in the former mansion. Brave explorers have reported distant screams of children in the area. So this like driveway marker looks just like a like a big stone column. And it's been, you know, like... It's definitely been weathered. You can see some moss on it, like the top of it's broken. There's some like graffiti on it and stuff because, you know, it's something that's out in the middle of nowhere. So it's just like a beacon for people to vandalize. But yeah, it is, that's pretty creepy to like think about. You know, that really goes to say like how many of these places there really were. I mean, if you think about it, like if you really think about it, and this is going to be, this is like a dark. This could escalate, I guess, very quickly and get very dark. But if you can picture several years ago, like it says was once an orphanage in the late 1800s. So like picture yourself in that time, right? The 1800s are not like today. There was no CPS. There was no, you know, there was nothing like what there is today as far as child care or any kind of protective services or anything like that. So you could just build a big house and say you ran an orphanage. Oh, yeah, you know, you know, it's old whatever his name is, you know, down the road has that orphanage. And not to, like, be dark and have, like, a dark thought about it, but, man, it just, there's a lot of horrible things, I guess, that have, that could have potentially happened because things are, and like I said, you know, people are not the way people are nowadays either, and that's, you know, but there are still those crazies out there. So what was stopping somebody from just saying, oh, I have an orphanage? You really couldn't get away with that now. I mean, you know, in today's day and age in 2023, I mean, you could try. I mean, well, I guess there's a lot of things being said about all kinds of. And yeah, the whole woke culture and it's all this crazy shit that's going on in our life and world about anything and everything else. But you know what I mean? Like it'd be still with as crazy as our world is. I don't think you just get away with building the place and saying, oh, yeah, I got an orphanage, man. Yeah, it's right down the road. But yeah, kind of crazy. You know, who knows? Maybe somebody burn it down because or you never know. Maybe one of the kids burn it down because horrible things were happening there. I mean, crazy to think about. Oh, and here's here's I I, I don't think we talked about this either, but uh, this is the number one unsolved mystery in Ohio and it will leave you baffled. This is basically saying it is the, what do they call it? The friendly town of Circleville, Ohio is perhaps most known for its annual Circleville Pumpkin Show, the greatest free show on earth, which draws thousands of people from all over the state of Ohio and even out of state together every year for family fun, contest, and pumpkin-flavored everything. But what many people don't know about Circleville is that several years a dark mystery hovered around, or I'm sorry, over the town. And it's still the most talked about but unsolved mystery in the state of Ohio. So it's saying that in the late 70s, um, thousands of individuals started receiving mysterious letters in their inbox about their personal lives and the lives of others in their town. 
They are written in block style and contain vindictive, violent, and vulgar material. Thousands of threatening letters were sent to residents for several years. An attempted murder was even believed to have been connected to the letters. And in spite of a convicted suspect, the letters continued even after the suspect was placed in prison. Throughout the years, the letters continued to arrive in residences' mailboxes, both city officials and average citizens alike, until the late 90s. The writer was never revealed, and to this day, the people of Circleville don't know who was watching them so closely. And there's like a video link and stuff, but yeah, the I didn't watch the video, but I did want to like go over this real quick. Dude, this is, this is like, this is shit you got to watch out for, man. Like people, I mean, not that it's easy to like stand there and make notes or study people, but it's just tough. Like imagining like how did this person get all this information man about so many people you would think that after so long something would unravel i mean you got to think some of these people are i mean everybody can i don't know has a capability of like hyper focusing on things i believe but this is like a whole new form of just crazy i guess i don't know what other thing to put it i mean because if to get that kind of information on that many people you either have several people working for you or you devote 400% of your time to stalking everybody. But yeah, definitely super crazy, super super weird. Be interesting to uh, see some of those letters. Because I mean like vulgar and um, violent letters. Like that's kind of, you know, like your neighbors with somebody and the one guy, you know, say your neighbor gets a letter and it's like, oh yeah, like I, I know that you use the off-brand toothbrush and toothpaste. Like, I know that. And that's the letter he gets and a letter you get. It's like, yeah, watch out when you're on your way to work. A brick might get thrown at you. It's like, what the fuck? You know what I mean? We're like, what are the what are the ups and downs of these letters? Were there any good letters of fortune? Or were they all just like, you know, kind of like a fortune cookie when you open it and you read it and you're like, ah, eh, you know, that either kind of applies to you or it's just kind of, or it's funny. You know what I mean? Most of the Most of the fortune cookies I get they're not bad. I will say I did open two fortune cookies in a row without fortune. So I don't know what kind of fortune and luck that is, but it can't be very good. All right. Now we are on to, this is actually really cool. So I currently live in Licking County in Ohio, which is pretty central, what I would call like central Ohio. So in Licking County, if you go to Newark or um, into Heath, there is, it's called North, or yeah, North, Newark Earthworks. So basically this is a historical site. I remember going to this when I was a kid, and it's like a, like basically Indian mounds, uh, Native American, the Indian mounds, or whatever you want to call them. Um, it says, the history here, it says, built by ancient American Indians, identified today as the Hopo culture between AD 1 to AD 400. This architectural wonder of ancient America was yeah, was part cathedral, part cemetery, and part astronomical observatory. The entire Newark's earthworks originally encompassed more than four square miles. Over the years, the growth of the city in Newark destroyed many of the North earthworks. Yeah, North. I keep saying that. Newark earthworks. But three major segments survived because of the effort of interested local citizens. And that's the... Yeah, parallel State Route 79... Here's the one I'm talking about. It's the Great Circle one is in Heath. It's 455 Hebron Road, Heath, Ohio. The Great Circle Earthworks is nearly 1,200 feet in diameter. It was likely used to be a vast ceremonial center by its builders. 
The eight feet high walls surround five feet deep moat, except for the entrance where the dimensions were even greater and more impressive. So that's pretty cool. Like the the only thing that sucks and which has been happening all over the place and, you know, not just in the U.S. or Ohio. I mean, this is like a probably a global phenomenon. Do you realize like how many ancient civilization or like ancient history things that we're probably wiping off the face of the earth because we just need more room for people and more room for, you know, fucking fast food chains and dollar stores and anything else that'll grab a quick buck for, you know, big corporate America or whatever it could be, you know, whether they're building more, you know, low income apartments or whatever it is, it can't be good. But when you start like taking away, uh, when you start taking away the things that brought us, I guess, to where we're at today, it's kind of like a, I mean, I don't know, it's, I feel like it's a big slap in the face to, in, in history, but in history's face, I guess. But yeah, it's kind of kind of insane. The, the one I was looking for here, let me see if I can find it. It's talking about the, I was trying to figure out which one it was talking about for the um, the astronomical thing anyway still pretty cool it says okay while we can never know with any certainty the american indians purpose in designing the earthworks one theory is that they built the earthworks on such a massive scale for astronomical accuracy long straight embankments provide longer sight lines and increase the accuracy of astronomical alignments in 1982 the professors ray hively and Robert Horn of the Earlham College in Indiana discovered that the architects align these earthworks to the complicated cycle of rising and setting of moons. They recovered remarkable wealth of indigenous knowledge relating to geometry and astronomy encoded in the design of these earthworks. It says the octagon earthworks in particular are aligned to the four moon rises and the four moon sets that mark the limits of a complicated 18.6 year long cycle. So they were, like, they weren't building these things just for the hell of it. They weren't like, oh, you know, it would really spruce up the place if we threw a couple mounds in here. Like, no, that there was, there was thought and precise measurements. And I mean, you gotta think like, unfortunately, in today's day and age, people are dumb as shit. Like, it's not common for you to see. I mean, any day of the week, see something where you're like, damn, like, what are these people doing? Whether you're watching a video of somebody being, you know, whether they're playing the part or maybe they're just really that unintelligent. But you just wonder, like, how did we get here, man? And then you look back at all these and these people were living in, uh, you know, I mean, Jesus, after death one to after death 400. That is more than lifetimes ago. That's, you know, different worlds ago. And these guys are out here and everybody in that day and age had a purpose and, and I don't mean that, like, tr- harmfully as feelings-wise, like, oh, you know, I don't have a purpose in life. No, everybody in that worked back then in, like, their tribe or the community, what, they all had a purpose. Everybody had a job, right? You know, it was these 10 people's job to go out every day and hunt and as much as they could or fish or do whatever, snare, trap, bring back food. It was this group of person's job to go gather things berries, things for fire, whether it be wood, things to cook, um, things to make tools, whatever. Everybody had a purpose, right? And it just, it is just remarkably 
fascinating, I guess is a word to use, for how different it is now. I mean, there is, I, I would say right now, we're probably the laziest that we've ever been. Because you know what? You don't go to the store, you order it on your phone. You're not, you know, you don't want to drive, you order, you know, your Uber, or not not Uber, but uh, what are they, DoorDash, shit like that. I would say we're at like the peak of laziness in modern society because you know why? You can get everything on your phone, dude. Anything and everything. Now with all that artificial intelligence, you know, if you're fucking sad and lonely, you don't have anybody to talk to, that's fine. You can talk to a robot, but that's probably, it's unfortunately to say this, but that AI is probably, you know, smarter than 50% or 60% of the people you'll probably ever talk to in your life. So there's that, you know, you're, you know, what a, what a shitty, what a shitty life to realize that, you know, God, that robots are probably, well, not, I mean, they're designed to be smarter than people, I guess. And like in a long-term sense, but it just sad to know that, we come from such a crazy, like these things that we study and we don't understand now, you know, hundreds and thousands of years ago, that was just everyday life to them. And now we're like, you know, I don't know what they're trying to do with this stuff. But yeah, it's just kind of crazy to think about, right? Kind of gives you a new perspective on things and makes you wonder like, what the hell happened, man? You know, or, and there's always, I mean, you, you'll always have to bring this in, any, especially anything with any kind of ancient history, whether it's American Indians or Native Americans, whatever, um, whatever it is, whether it's the Egyptians or any of the, you know, stuff in like Mesopotamia, Mesopotamia with like the, the big pyramids down there and all like these old civilizations. Like you just wonder, you got to throw out there, like, you know, were they getting help from something? Was, you know, is this ancient aliens? You know what I mean? Because some of this stuff, it always, it always adds up too good and it's always so flushed out that it's just hard to imagine and hard to believe sometimes. But yeah, it is a, you know, it's like my favorite thing to say. It is a crazy world we live in and you would be shocked at the amount of things that probably happen daily, um, hourly by the minute that would probably blow your mind on a grand scale of things. So yeah, there's a, there's a little bit of a deep dive for you. What are these What are these Indians hiding? Are there messages? Are they trying to communicate with us? I don't know. I think I would say probably some of the most interesting for me is like ancient history. And then on like the wacky side of thing, man, I hate to say it, but like time travel for me gets me every damn time. You know, you, which I've talked about time travel quite a bit. You know, we did several stories on it, but it just makes you wonder, man, like what the hell is going on or you know, did because nothing's impossible. There's nothing in this life that is impossible for someone or something or somehow or some way. You know, I truly believe that all the things that you read about or see in movies and all that crazy shit, I'm sure, you know, you got to get inspiration from something. Yeah. Unless, you know, unless a great mind just dreams it up, but you just want to think about all this stuff and you're like, damn, man, like this, you know, I, I understand that this is my life right here and this is just how things are. But some of this shit out here that happens or that you read about, for me at least, I love the what if clause. Like, what if that's true, man? And then it just kind of like lets me wonder. I'm like, man, you know, not that I, there are some things like I wholeheartedly don't believe in. I, But I will say that the what if clause, man, gets me every time because you never know. Unless you witness it with your, unless you witness it right there and you can hold accountable what you've seen or you you know what I mean it's it's pretty hard to believe some things you know much 
you know, believe yourself too in a scenario if you're the only one there. But yeah, I think that's uh, all we got. It's been a good Friday. It's been a good day. And like I said at the beginning of the episode, thank you so much for listening. You guys are awesome. And I am excited to see what goes on this year. You know what? We got a whole lot of stuff to do, a whole lot of a little bit of gaming, which I'm getting ready to start streaming Pokemon here soon. And hopefully, now if all goes according to plan, there could be a chance that I could, I'm not going to say like, I'm going to say it's about a 50-50 chance, maybe 50-50, that I could be potentially like doing live streams. Um, so yeah, you guys will know as soon as I know, but until then, enjoy your weekend, follow anywhere you can follow, support the podcast, wherever you can support Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, TikTok, all those places, send me a message, whatever, tweet, what share all that, all that crazy stuff. You guys know how it all works, but yeah, I couldn't say thank you enough and uh, I will see you Tuesday. Hopefully you guys will be uh, watching some Pokemon because I'm super excited to play and uh, get a little bit of game footage. So, yeah, I will see you then. Have a good weekend. I will see you guys next week.